That's at Coach M C C A R T A N. Okay, hi everybody. Today is uh, what's today? Sunday, May fifteenth. Two days until my birthday. Uh, we got lots of lots of stuff for you today. Andy is on his way in. He's uh, I don't know exactly where he is, but he'll be here. Um, there was apparently a big UFC fight last night. We'll get to that for him. Um, this doesn't sound good to me. Hope it's okay for you guys out there. Um, uh, also, I want to ra- recap a lot of the different things I've I've been doing. I've been very busy. Over the past, uh, you know, couple days, a lot of days, and uh, I, I wanted to talk about all the things that I've been doing and a couple of things that are coming up that I will be doing, um, hopefully this upcoming week, and and all that stuff. So we have uh, also a, a soccer update, um, really a world terrorism update to get to. Um, also some Yankees news, some more ba- bad Yankees news. Uh, some Mets. What do we got for the Mets? Some good stuff for the Mets. They're rolling. They always are rolling. And uh, they're going to win the World Series this year. That's no doubt. Um, but anyway, so uh, let's uh, just kick it off right here. So I went to uh, this past week an event put on by the United Way of New York City. And they were honoring, I got my first, first official, official press passes. Which is pretty cool. I'm, I'm going to keep that badge. Um, it was a. It's called the Gridiron Gala. Um, you can look it up online. I wrote an article for it on the Jet Press as well. Um, but basically, it's uh, the United Way honors what they call hometown heroes, uh, a, a player from the Jets and a player from the Giants that do well in their community and with a lot of programs and community outreach and, and this and that. So they honor them. And this year, they picked from the Giants. His name was Rashad Jennings. actually had a one-on-one interview with him that I will play. Um, I also have for you... Um, oh, and, and the Jets honoree this year was uh, was Eric Decker, my favorite. I love Eric Decker. Um, I was actually able to get interview. I was on the red carpet of the event, and I was actually able to interview a lot, a lot, a lot, or I think all of the guests that were there that night. So that was really cool. That was so fun. Um, but, you know, I was a, a one-man band at this thing. So if you go onto my YouTube channel, uh, you just type in, in Google. You could just type in YouTube, Coach McCartan. You'll see all the interviews come up. I'll play, from, play them for you here. But So you can have the video. It's always more interesting with video. I know that. Um, you know, I was a one-man band, uh, except for the Sean Landetto interview. He's a uh, giant Super Bowl-winning, two-time Super Bowl-winning punter. Except for that interview... Someone actually held it for me, but otherwise I was holding the questions and the microphone in my left hand and the camera, pretty my phone, basically, over my shoulder in my right hand. So the video quality isn't the best, um, but it does get the job done. And uh, yeah, I'll preview that and I'll play some of those in a little bit. So um, basically the United Way is a foundation and all of the proceeds. They had a silent auction that night um, with a lot of cool stuff, a lot of memorabilia number one but uh, events and experiences also so um they had a lot of stuff and all the proceeds benefited uh, i believe a, a reading initiative in the new york city schools so that was kind of cool so um basically you know the story with the jets is that they don't know who their quarterback is or is going to be so when geno smith was apparently on the guest list and geno smith is one of the four now quarterbacks here for the Jets 
when he was on the guest list, he was a surprise. He was not on the original one. And then they sent out, uh, you know, when I got there, they had a different one with all pictures. And I was like flipping through it. It's like, oh my God, Geno Smith is going to be here. Why? Uh, <laughs> but he came down the line, the red carpet line. You could see it on the videos on YouTube. But he came down the whole line going to interview and interview. And I mean, I was there with ESPN reporters. I was there with SNY, which is the Jets and Mets network. Um, Jets.com was there. Jets beats writers were there. And it was just it was just really cool to be a, a part of that. But basically, Geno Smith went down the line. I positioned myself at the end, which I, I think was a smart move because I stayed away from or did my best in trying to stay away from the bigger outlets that were sort of hogging the the guys. So I, I stood at the end and I got um, Geno Smith and I asked him, as everybody was, about the quarterback controversy here in New York. And if anybody remembers from the Super Bowl, I want to say two or three years ago, Marshawn Lynch, the running back of the Seattle Seahawks, went to a press conference, literally answered every question was with, I'm not here so I don't get fined. I'm just No, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Um, and that was his answer to all those. And Geno Smith did take uh, a page out of his book with his an- answers. And uh, here you go. Take a listen. It's only 20 seconds. <laughs> Gino, what do you say to the critics out there? Uh, say nothing to the critics. I'm here to support my guy. And uh, how important is it for you to be here supporting Eric Decker tonight? Very important. You know, Eric's uh, one of the leaders on the team. He's also a great humanitarian. does a lot for the community. So uh, very important to be here. <laughs> and then he smiled at the end like he, he got away with something. But I think I was the only one smart enough to ask him something other than about the quarterback stuff. I wish I went into more detail with him about Eric Decker and what he does in the community. But, I mean, I was the only one smart enough to ask him about other stuff other than the quarterback debate. So that was uh, that was interesting. He was uh, very short, I guess, to the point. Um, but, you know, he might be without a job come August. So I guess you got to cut him some slack, right? Uh, so that was that. Was that. Um, then a little bit later down the line, um, see the thing was Eric De- er- Eric Decker was going live. He was coming down the line, coming down the line. Then he was going live on on the news, and they pulled him away for a second. And then I was like, kind of watching Joe Namath come down the line. And all of a sudden, someone tapped me on the shoulder, and there Eric Decker was there standing there waiting for me to to interview him. And I was like, oh man! So I like got all my stuff together real quick, and I accidentally pushed the button. I hit record, and then. I guess I must have hit record again, which stopped it. And I don't have my own interview with Eric Decker, unfortunately. It was what I was uh, really looking forward to, and uh, I don't have it. I, I After he walked away, I looked it down to make sure I had it, and I had a one-second video of his feet. And um, <laughs> uh, actually, um, a girl next to me, uh, she worked for a different Jets blog. She recorded it, but, you know, it's not... It's not mine, you know what I mean? So I, I won't bore you with that, but I didn't get him to laugh. I, I will be seeing him on uh, June 4th again. So I, I did invest in a video camera. I did invest in a tripod. Tripod's coming on Tuesday, so my birthday. So uh, hopefully I will not have any other blips like that again, but that was very disappointing. And uh, I really wish uh, I really wish I got that. But I, I asked him about um, he went to a Rangers game with uh, Nick Mangold, couple of the jets but nick mangold in particular he um if you if you google it nick mangold at rangers game you will see pictures of him 
they sit he sits right behind the the visitors um god i can't think of it where the visitors sit and uh he pounds on the glass and he screams at them through the glass and he tries to get into their heads and psych them out a little bit and uh and they had a picture of eric decker and him and, and they're all sitting together and looks kind of embarrassed so Nick Mangold sitting there and banging on the glass. So I asked Eric Decker, hey, how embarrassing is it to go to a game with uh, with uh, Nick Mangold? And he was like, well, you know, he laughed and he said, oh, well, you know, he's a, he's a real fan, I'll tell you that much. Um, he went into a little more detail. If I can find the, the video for you, I will. Um, the other girl's video. And then I asked him again about the Jets' new quarterback. I asked if he has met him, and he actually said yes, uh, which I was surprised. And... Uh, Apparently he had he had good things to say about him, and uh, here and then as his wife was coming down, I actually Jesse James Decker is a country music singer. This has 254 views on YouTube, um, but Jesse James Decker is a country singer now, married to Eric. They have two kids, and she is um, going back on tour. She has a new single coming out, and I did ask her. Um, I, I really liked her actually. I really enjoyed her. She was probably the best interview I got that night. And I asked her a whole bunch of different stuff. She's actually born in Italy, so here you go. Here's list, here's uh, Jesse James Decker. Two minutes and seventeen seconds. We had a big plan about launching, and I'm very excited. So we're on the red carpet here. Who are you wearing tonight? Yeah. I don't know who this is. <laughs> I love I, it. Honest <laughs> answer. I don't. I honestly don't know. I picked it up at a boutique in Nashville. Oh, but I know the nice. shoes are. Um, nice. So how proud of you uh, of Eric tonight for winning the hometown hero? such a good person and I, I mean what I say he's probably the best person I've ever met in my life and obviously I'm, I sound biased because I married him he's my husband but he what you see is what you get he's just a good soul and he deserves this he really really cares so much about our foundation so for him to be recognized like this is just it's exciting and it makes me proud now you were born in Italy yes part of Italiano um, um, uh, mi dispiace un poco. Un po', un po'. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm Sicilian, so uh-huh. it's a completely different language, but uh-huh. I, I was, yes, I was born in Vicenza. My whole family's from Corleone, but... Corleone? Corleone, what? yes. My whole family is Italian, yes. Uh, do, you, do you cook? What's the best Italian dish you make? I am an amazing cook, and this sounds cliche, but I do cook an amazing spaghetti bolognese. Okay. I mean, I really do. That's from the north. That's from uh, Bologna. It is, it is, but I'm a better Cajun cooker. My mother was born and raised in Louisiana. Everything spicy, that's why. I love everything spicy. There you go. Yes. So how was your mother day? Oh, really? It was great. I woke up, Eric brought me coffee in bed, and uh, Vivi made me a card, and Eric had all these gorgeous pictures printed out of me and the babies. It was amazing. Do you and Eric plan on doing anything else, uh, any more uh, things together besides the end of the dogs? Do you guys want to do anything else? Um, like in, the, in the works, like down the line, like other foundations? Absolutely. We're really big with the anti-bullying campaign, and I know that the I Jets, applied in my school. Did. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So I know the Jets are really big on it, and they are the ones that kind of introduced me to it, and I have always been passionate about anti-bullying because I was tortured in school my entire life. I still have anxiety about it today, and so I felt like it was something I could contribute to. And so we got to go visit one of the schools, and I actually spoke to them about anti-bullying, and it was, I mean, I didn't realize how passionate I was until I was like, this is something I really care about, so. From experience. Speaking from experience, it always helps. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jesse. So that was uh, Jesse James Decker, as I'm stuck here on the microphone. Andy is here. He made it. What up? (laughs) Is that my on? You should be on, yeah. Yeah? Can you hear me? Kind of. Kind of? You're a little low. Hello. There you go. There we go. There you go. 
Okay, yeah, so that was a Jesse James Decker. And for those of you who do not know who she is, um, this is her new single. I'll play it for you a little bit. This is called Lights Down Low. Live, actually. She was nice. I could definitely see myself hanging out with her for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I actually really enjoyed her. So, um, also that night, uh, also big guests in attendance were um, what's her, what's his name? Who do we go with next? Let's pull uh, let's pull up uh, Joe Namath. If you're uh, not a Jet fan, Andy, do you know who Joe Namath is? Yeah, even Andy knows who Joe Namath is, and he doesn't like football. But I uh, he's a partier. Oh, yeah, Broadway Joe. Yeah, Broadway Joe. I know Broadway Joe. Yeah, so I got, um, well. You got an interview with him? Well, co- sort of, yeah. I got a couple questions in, but you'll see in the video, and I directed people all to the YouTube page so they could actually see what was, I'm talking about. But Was he partying uh, when you interviewed him? No, no. <laughs> but he had, like, um, a lot of the other outlets were there, and you'll see they stick their, their they, they already had their time with him, and then he came directly to me for me to ask him questions, and they jumped in. Which is not right, but you know I did get some questions in, and uh, Joe Namath is famous for a guarantee he made. He guaranteed that the Jets, when they made it to the Super Bowl in 1963, I want to say, when they made it there, that they were going to win it. So I asked him about the guarantee. Like, how do you guarantee something like that? And they won it, right? Yeah, they won it. Yeah. So here's the, here's my question. Who were you that you guys were going to win? Ah, that let me start it over. How, sh- how sure were you that you guys were going to win that Super Bowl? And if you didn't win, how would that have changed history? Sure enough to guarantee we would win. How about that? If you didn't win? Well, we would have come back and worked hard to try to get back. That's when are the Jets going to be in the Super Bowl next? Hopefully this season. Could you guarantee that? I wish I could. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was kind of cool, right? He's, I like him. He's a legend. Every time I see him on interviews and stuff, I always liked him. He's, uh, he's very, I don't know, he's... You, you want to like him. He's just one of those guys. He's got it. He just says whatever's on his mind. And then they had, of course, SNY. That was it. I got 20 seconds alone with Joe Namath. And then, like, SNY jumped in. They asked him about, oh, it's like a multiple choice test now. Like, who's going to be the quarterback, A, B, C, or D? Uh, it's like stupid questions, you yeah. know. But That's cool that you got to talk to him, though. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. he, was co- he was cool. And then I saw him again later on, and I took a selfie with him. I had to. That's awesome. I wish I brought something to be autographed. I actually uh, watched that documentary about him that they made a couple years ago. I didn't even watch that. Yeah. What was that on, ESPN? Um, It might have been an HBO thing or a Showtime thing, Uh but uh, it basically took, like, because he was, I guess, like, the first uh, sports figure that was, like, really charismatic and and out there in the public and was, like, showy, like, you know, besides Muhammad Ali and everything like that, but for, like, football. Yeah. Because he had, like, restaurants and stuff in New York City, right? Clubs, I think. I don't know. I think he had, like, bars and stuff that that he had that he owned he would always go to. He was a little bit of a party animal from what I hear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, I, I like him. Yeah, it's cool. And then I asked him later on when I did take the picture with him, I asked him if he was wearing a Super Bowl ring because I didn't, I didn't see it. Yeah. Of course I am. <laughs> I only bring it out for special occasions. That's awesome. And he showed it to me, and I was like, oh, man, the only Jets Super Bowl ring ever. That's cool. It was cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, and then the other honoree of the night is uh, Rashad Jennings from the Giants. And here's what Rashad – I actually got one-on-one time with him because uh, all the other – 
media outlets kind of packed it in at that time. I waited like 10 more minutes, and then Rashad Jennings came down, and he went right to me. So a minute 43 with him. Tonight, who are you wearing? We're on the red carpet here. This right here is Turnbull. You know, it's awesome. I, I'm actually this is the this is the second time I've worn the outfits, and um, it's awesome. So you delivered the commencement speech at your alma mater. What was that like going back and? and what did you talk to them about? Uh, it's actually coming up Saturday, this Saturday. Oh, this Saturday. Yeah, and uh, that's another honor. Like, I can't believe, yeah. you know, I'll be the youngest member ever to speak, like, be the 43rd youngest speaker at uh, Liberty University this Saturday. Um, and the fact that I get to deliver a message to a whole new crowd of men and women that's about to go try to apply their degree is kind of humble. And uh, your thoughts on Coach Coughlin? I loved him. I was sad to see him go. What do you think about him? And then expectations for next year? Win the Super Bowl, that's it. Win the Super Bowl, that's it. That's, that's everybody's uh, goal, I guess, going into the preseason is to win the Super Bowl for sure. Uh, Giants, uh, with their defensive moves they made in the offseason, they may have a chance, but uh, it's pretty much slim to none. Um, and I think, uh, what do I got, one more? That's what everybody said when they won those Super Bowls. Though. I know, they had one... Uh, the Patriots had one giant loss, is what people are saying. But back, uh, you know, to the Super Bowl. But I actually, I was interviewing another or a giant Super Bowl winner. His name was Sean Landetta. He was a punter, and he, um, what are you doing? Oh, I thought you were raising your hand peripherally. No, no um, shoulder. Uh, yeah, Sean Landetta is a two-time Super Bowl winning punter for the Giants, who apparently knows Bon Jovi pretty well. Okay, so that's cool. So I asked him about that. Um, I, I feel like I should have asked him more Giants questions, but I didn't really know how much time I was going to have with okay. these guys. So, um, you know, live and learn, obviously. And yeah. someone recorded, some nice girl recorded this for me. The rest of them were just me holding the camera myself. Okay. But here's uh, here's uh, Sean Landetta, everybody. Daniel McCartan here with a Super Bowl winning punter for the Giants, Sean Landetta. No once I wore both your Super Bowl rings. We've met before. No, I remember. I do. <laughs> um, so... Who are you wearing today? So you have a nice Giants tie. Yeah, yeah, I do. The red here. Yeah, it was a gift. So uh, anytime I do a Giants event, I try and wear it. So um, the Jets all, uh, just drafted or just signed or are trying out two Australian punters. What do you think about the Jets going all the way to Australia, halfway across the world, to find two punters? Well, in the last 10, 15 years, a lot of very good punters have come from Australia and played college in America. So. Uh, both of these guys are very good in college, and hopefully one of them will uh, will be their punter this year. And I read once that you and Bon Jovi played a joke uh, at, at a Cowboys game. 
Well, it wasn't really a joke. We wanted to get him on the sidelines, but we didn't want all 80,000 people seeing him, so we kind of disguised him a little bit, and uh, he watched the game, and everything went well. Do you still keep in touch with him? Yeah, I do. I uh, saw him several months ago. He's been a good friend for years and a uh, great Giants fan. Yeah, he's a big Giants fan. Um, and then just my final question here. You said that retirement, you're, you're busier in retirement than you were as a player. What are you up to now? Well, I just have so much more time to do things in the community and, and in the tri-state area that when I was playing I couldn't do. So uh, I'm lucky to be able to do that and enjoy getting out when I can. And, you know, just one more thing. You presented uh, your, your former high school with a golden football. What was that experience like to go back and do that? It was great to go back, you know, some 35 years later and be in the high school in the halls. And uh, it was really a great experience to be there with the kids. And uh, I was really grateful to be able to do that. I'm sure they were fun, too. No, it was a good day. <laughs> All right. Daniel McCartan, thank you so much. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Okay. Good night. Good. All right. So we are now live. Andy and I are now live on Periscope. Hi, everybody listening. Uh, we have five live viewers. Oh, boy. All right. Hi, everybody watching on Periscope. Um, my battery will die in a little while, so we'll we'll be on and off out of, out of this Periscope. Uh, um, and that was, I think, my final interview from the red carpet of the, the Gridiron Gala, Giants and Jets, at, uh, at there was a Midtown Hilton Hotel in New York. Okay. Awesome. It was awesome. That's that, sound, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. So I uh, had a lot of fun. I definitely want to go back next year. Definitely. Th- Want me back already next year? They, the guy already sent me an email. Oh, yeah. So that's cool. Hopefully, I'll have. Uh, I'm sure you will be back. ESPN on my microphone now or something at that point in time. But uh, yeah. Um. So I have a major, major, major announcement that I kind of. Yeah, I've been sitting here waiting. Yeah. So um, it's not finalized yet, but. Okay. It's um, and I I know I never get on here and I never say like, you know, things that aren't aren't actually happened or have already happened, but. Everybody listening, everybody watching. Here it comes. Drum roll. I got an email from the Boomer Esiason Foundation. Okay. He was a former quarterback of the Jets. His son has um, cystic fibrosis. Okay. And it's May is Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month. And they wanted me to do a sit down with Boomer Esiason and his son. Who's Boomer Esiason? Quarterback, Jets. Right now? No, former. Okay. And he's uh, he's now, he does, um, on w- you ever hear WFAN in the mornings, Boomer and Carton? Maybe. Sports show. Uh-huh. He's also on CBS, uh, CBS Sunday Football Countdown or something, but that'll be me. That's awesome. And Boomer and his son. Boomer. So uh, I've uh, lost a little sleep over it and trying to. So like a full interview, like a full. Yeah, interview. the girl, the lady said, I said, well, how long? And she said, well, maybe we were thinking about 30 minutes to an hour. Whoa. I was like. Oh boy! Well, you better have your your questions ready. Oh yeah, I was listening to YouTube videos, a Khan Academy about what is cystic fibrosis, and yeah, I'm learning everything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, That's I can't I can't awesome. go in there like an idiot because this guy may have connections to move me to maybe where I would like to be. So that's awesome. Yeah, we're just in the scheduling phase now, and um, you know, we're trying to find out. Give you a little pound <laughs> like, for that. Yeah, yeah. we gotta. We're gonna figure out a day and a place and. My suggestion was her, to her would to be doing it in uh, MetLife Stadium because I think that would be really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what day because obviously I work a day job too. Yeah. So and yeah. yeah. So, but it's gonna be a little easier. Softball is ending on Wednesday finally, so I'll have a little more free time. I know it takes up a lot of your time, so yeah. So it's uh, I like it though. I, I really do enjoy it. I'm I'm really honored to to be doing that and 
you know, yeah. hopefully it turns out all right. Yeah, well, a half hour <laughs> interview, to an hour interview, that's legit. Yeah. It's legit. He talked, he, he, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be easy. So, um, that's that. That's my big, my th- big thing. And then uh, Friday night, I'm going to New York this coming Friday. Um, I hooked up with some guy uh, from a company, uh, mintpros.com, his website is. And apparently he, uh, he wants me to go, he invited me to all of his events that are coming up. And the first of which is an interview with, uh, his name is Joe Pepitone. He's an old, old-time Yankee. He's okay. 75 now. Oh, wow. And he played with Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris. Okay. So he was those on those teams. questions on there. Oh, yeah. And I also want to ask him about um, being Italian-American, things like that. And Does he speak Italian? Can you do a little? I will try. Italiano. I know you're fluent. Yeah. I talked with Jesse Decker, Jesse James Decker in Italian. Oh, yeah, so we'll see. That'll be, uh, I don't know how long that's going to be or, or many of the details of that either. I guess that's to be determined. So you guys will, will get that first on Sunday for sure. So I got, this week I got uh, finalizing plans at Boomer Sison. Ooh, I, I got that email on Thursday. I was eating my lunch at school. I almost fell out of my chair. Like the subject was quarterback Boomer Sison. Like I don't know who he is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so um, I wanted to do it at the end of the month, but apparently he wants to do it sooner, ASAP. Well. So. I'm gonna immerse myself in. Uh, Guess you're doing it ASAP. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. You know what? I'm gonna do it. Um, and uh, just some breaking news, everybody. Over the course of this morning, um, I don't really know too many details about it because I did. I did have. I didn't tell you this. I did have uh, softball practice this morning from okay. 9:30 to 11. But some breaking news out of England. Um, details are not quite known. However, there was a match between Manchester City or, or Manchester United. Okay. Um, but basically, they found a, 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 a see something, say something package, yeah, an unattended bag in one of the hallways of, of the match and of the stadium. Uh, they evacuated it, and they blew it up as a, as a precautionary well, what measure. What was in it? They don't know yet. They, that's the breaking news. I, I was walking down the hallway to come here, and then oh, they really? had just blown it up. Wow. Yeah, and the, I guess the match is now canceled for sure, but yeah. uh, you know, we think about Oh, was it the Paris attacks that they tried to get into the stadium, and they didn't? Well, yeah, you got to, you know, they're trying to hit, I guess, the most populated areas, and a soccer stadium or uh, any kind of sports stadium is definitely key targets. Yeah, so um. Well, it's a good thing that they found it, even if it is nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, you know, at least doing the the right thing there. Yeah. So tight good, security. Good on them. It's good to know. So, um, if if I uh, am able to uh, in a little while take off the periscope on the on my phone, I can do a little more. Yeah. Information research. Well, I guess while you talk, but um, that is breaking news right, right, right now. Well, a lot happened last night in the UFC. Oh, I was seeing it on Twitter. Oh boy, I was trying to click on videos, by the way, to watch it, and it said you are you are not authorized to watch it in this country. I was like, what? Yeah. Well, why don't you go in the right country? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, and I just have to give out a uh, shout out to, and I, they're listening now. I believe they just retweeted my tweet. Um, Bob Lazari and Chris Mazzaro, uh, Mascaro, I'm sorry, Chris, um, they host, it's called Thursday Night Tailgate, and you can find them on, let me see, it's called, you go to blogtalkradio.com slash Thursday Night Tailgate, and they have, uh, they partner with the NFL um, Alumni Association, I believe the NFLPA, and they get all kinds of old, um, not old, sorry, veteran, uh, former NFL players to come on and tell their stories and, okay. and everything. So, actually, I was their guest on this past Thursday night. Okay. They interviewed me. They made it a Jets episode. Um, it was Kerry Glenn, Victor Green, and I, and me. Uh, they asked me, like, a lot about uh, the Yankees, the Jets, and 
very complimentary. I and they they want me to come back on, That's on cool. during the season. So for sure, I'll give them give them a little time on Thursday nights. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so uh, they're great guys. So you guys should check that out. They got great stuff on there, um, and, and it's for short TNT Thursday night tailgate. And then, uh, Chris, I'm trying to see. You can just oh you can know you can just follow them on Twitter. It's at TNT Podcast. And you can find all the information from there, back episodes and, and whatever. So uh, Bob Lazari, Christmas, Miss, I always want to say Miss Carol. Sorry, I'm reading it. My Mascara. handwriting, I can't read it. Christmas Carol. Yeah, Christmas Carol. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Thanks for, for having me on this week. And uh, so uh, let's go into, right, I got Yankees news, Mets news, and then you're up. Okay. So Yankees news. Uh, <laughs> more bad news out of the Yankees. And I have a theory. So the bad news for the Yankees is that, uh, oh, we're checking our followers. I just want to see how, how do you see what they're saying? Mm, it comes up like live. Oh, so you can't. Yeah, okay. there's like no stream. Okay, that's cool. My face looks blue because I'm gonna turn down the brightness of the computer. My f- I look like an oompa loompa. See that? Now nah, I look a normal. Nah, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, so Yankees news. Uh, listen, the Yankees are not doing well. Uh, there's they got a lot of issues, but uh, Luis Severino. This might not be a bad thing. He was a pitcher. Is a pitcher for the Yankees. Young guy, highly touted as one of the best pitchers on their starting rotation. He's on the 15-day disabled list with a torn triceps muscle. Uh, that might not be a bad thing for the Yankees, though, because uh, he was been pitching really bad. He was he's 0 6. He's got a 7.46 ERA, and we talked normal. Explain to me what that stuff. Yeah, normal. Is. We talked was about two. Two oh, yeah, would be yeah, like yeah, a normal. Yeah, yeah. This guy's okay. got a seven 7.46, and he hasn't won a game yet Turns out of out of all the six that he's played. Okay. So. Um, yeah, so it might not be a bad thing that the Yankees are going to bench him for a little while because Ivan Nova stepped in and pitched in his spot yesterday, and he pitched well. Um, and this is uh, Ivan Nova, a quote from him. He said, I felt a little pinch in the second inning, but I didn't think it was anything to worry about. It's a little soreness, not too much. And then the general manager, Brian Cashman, said it was a minor injury, and it was not because of the problem. The benching was not because of the problems he has had on the mound this season, but I'm sure that had a factor in it. Uh, and Cashman said he's not pitching anywhere close to his capabilities. It, it, it's not health-related. So Cashman, he's uh, double-talking, and he has, clearly has no idea what he's talking about. He should be the next Yankee to go. He's not doing his job. What does he What does he play? He's uh, the general manager. He puts together the team. He makes the trades. And okay, so he's the GM. He's been it for a while, and you know what? Change is good sometimes. So yeah. I think uh, instead of getting on Joe Girardi's case, I think you should get on Brian Cashman's case, everybody. Um and, and here's my theory. So, you know, you're an athlete. You know that, like, before you compete, you have to... Using that word loosely. <laughs> <laughs> before you compete, you have to warm up, right? Yeah. That's that's basic knowledge. It's, it's 101. And uh, I went to the Yankees-Red Sox game, like, two weeks ago. Yeah. I saw all the Red Sox were out pregame, stretching, running, throwing, this and that. Not one Yankee was in the dugout. And this is, like, six minutes before first pitch. Yeah. I think the Yankees have um, this... Um, this air about them that they don't have to go out and because they don't want to interact with the fans and they don't want to sign autographs and things like that. So they don't go out there until basically the national anthem's playing. Yeah. They don't warm up at mm. all? Nothing? Not that, not that we could see. Yeah, I'm sure okay. their argument is going to be that they have this new facility under the stadium where they they do everything down oh, there. They do? Yeah, they do. They have a facility. Okay. But why so many injuries then? If, if they're really doing it the right way, Jacoby Ellsbury was just out. This guy, Severino... A Rod as is out currently. Why so many injuries? Yeah, I if, you know, I, know. If, I believe if you're out there and you're and you're warming up properly, I don't think that is an issue. I mean, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just think that uh, they should really be out there and warming up properly, and maybe their injuries will be uh, not so bad. Yeah. I don't know. But um, then finally, the other story for the Yankees is uh, Chase Headley. Uh, he's been awful. Really, really bad. Like, minor league, send him down to the minor leagues, bad. And um, with one swing in the bat Thursday night, Chase Headley washed away six weeks of his abysmal baseball, maybe, is what they're saying. He hadn't hit a home run in 170 at-bats. He didn't have an extra base hit, like a double or a triple, at all, during the whole season. But then he hit a two-run home run that helped the Yankees beat, or no, the Yankees hit their fifth win in seven games. And uh, he was two for three with two RBIs and a single in an eighth in the eighth inning and two runs and a walk. So, uh, and I believe the next night he came out and hit another home run. So Chase Headley, people get on his case too a lot because he sucks. He's not that good. <laughs> He's not that good. He's a good defensive uh, third baseman for yeah. sure, but they really need someone to bat for him because he can't. Uh, he can't bat. And his quote was. Uh, I've been pretty crummy for a while, to be honest. I have a long ways to go. When you're playing in New York and the team's not playing well, you know you have to get it going. The confidence in the short term wasn't as high as it usually is, so it was frustrating. But apparently, based on this report, he's been working with Reggie Jackson, Yankees uh, Hall of Famer, before games, I guess, in the uh, in the cages underneath the stadium, things like that. And according to Joe Girardi, Chase Headley is beloved in the, in the clubhouse. Ha- fans hate him, but I guess his... His other former, his other uh, teammates. Teammates, thank you. His other teammates do like him. Uh, he was mobbed in the dugout after he had his home run. I mean, it's a good, good story, but you need the positivity because I think a lot of baseball is mental. Yeah. Like oh yeah. Groove and everything like that. Oh yeah. So you know, you, you know, if you're getting pressure from everybody, you need the confidence. I don't think you, you need to be undermined by your team to boot, let alone the fans. That's true. That's true. Oh, and we have to stop for a station ID. Station ID is WRPR. You're listening to WRPR 90.3 FM in Mawa. And on to Mets news. Mets, uh, Mets pitchers. We always talk about the Mets pitchers being dominant pitchers. They're up. We got. We got. What did that say? Oh, somebody joined us. Somebody joined us. Hi, hi. How are you doing over there? <laughs> um, Send us some questions. Yeah, ask us some stuff. But Mets pitchers. We always talk about the Mets pitchers being um, dominant in their pitching. Oh, Andy, can you read that? It says, "Hey." How are you? We're very good. We're talking sports here. How are you doing? That's the better question. The Mets have dominant pitching, and now their pitchers are starting to hit the ball. Mets pitchers have hit three home runs this week in total. You're closer than I am. Good. Good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to slide a little bit closer this way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, they hit three home runs this week. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, who's on my fantasy team, he hit two in one game. And 42-year-old Bartolo Colon hit a home run. He's 42. Steroid years ago in the past, so I'm sure they're going to be screening him That's pretty real much soon. Everybody. What does it say? Who do you have going for the NBA Finals? Obviously, if they're still in, it's definitely gonna be the, uh, going to be the Golden State uh, Warriors, I want to say, because Steph Curry is the story. Where, where, are you, uh, where are you watching from, by the way? Let us know where you're watching from. But go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I do think uh, the NBA has a plan for the Golden State Warriors to win. Um, for sure. In Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, okay. Hi, Pennsylvania. How are you? Local kid. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, Golden State, Steph Curry, he's been absolutely dominant. We talked about him and when we did when we had Corey in here doing the, the basketball special. Yeah. Um, he, he's just our current day Michael Jordan, and I think the NBA will do anything to. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. No, really, though. Whoa. 
right. Really? You can't you can't just be dropping that name when you're talking about. I mean, I don't watch basketball. Neither really, but he's the modern day Michael Jordan. He really is. And I have who who's this? Steph Curry. Yeah, I haven't even heard of him. Yeah, no one. I don't watch. Well, I don't watch basketball. But. but but a lot of people haven't. Now people are starting to get notice noticing him, and they're actually they have um, tweets of professional athletes, football, baseball players that have his jersey hanging in their lockers because they want to be like him, oh. be like Steph, huh? Be like so, Mike. Exactly. So I think the NBA um, definitely has a plan for them to be to be winning that for sure. And because you know what, if they don't, yeah, you know what I mean. So. uh Game one is tomorrow for the Golden State Warriors versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. Tomorrow, 9 p.m. on TNT. You guys can check that out. Um, but uh, back to the Mets. Not only is the Mets pitching staff on fire for pitching, they're crushing the ball, too. I, I tweeted wanna... that the Yankees. Oh, yeah, we're talking Mets now. We're, we're uh, baseball fans, too. Yankees and Mets. Not only they're crushing the ball, too. I tweeted, listen to this, I tweeted that the Yankees should hire the Mets pitching coach. Okay. Like a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. People are like, don't you know that the Mets pitching coach is the old Yankees coach? Yeah. Like, obviously, I know that. Duh. Of but course. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Yeah. The Yankees got rid of... Including <laughs> me, yeah. The Yankees got rid of Kevin Long, and uh, now he's he's in Queens. He didn't have to move far. He went from the Bronx to Queens, and uh, they got rid of him because, according to the New York Post, the Yankees just were not producing runs. They're not hitting out of the shift, which we've talked about on here, McCann and Teixeira. Um and they missed the playoffs, and apparently someone had to take the blame. So, um, yes, everybody, I do know that Kevin Long is the new hitting coach of the Mets, and the Mets are crushing the ball. Not only are their position players crushing the ball, but their pitchers are. So maybe the Yankees should reach out to Kevin Long and give him a phone call back, because what they have now is not working. What's the purple mean on the periscope there? Uh, uh, someone else joined. Oh, we have cool. Three live viewers. Oh, wow. <laughs> Killing it. Hi, how are you? You're uh, you're on uh, 60 minute overtime. You can type in in Google WRPR and you can find us the live stream uh, of the audio. It probably sounds better than the Periscope because it's kind of far away. Yeah, I'm having trouble reading it. We got to figure this out. Yeah, we got to. Can we do a desktop version of it? I don't know. Um, and I'm just trying to pull up a story. Uh, page not found. Uh, What's the story about? It's a uh, it's a good it's a feel good story. Um, anybody knows Noah Syndergaard of the Mets? Hold on, Andy. Noah Syndergaard. So Noah Syndergaard of the Mets is like uh, here it is. He's uh, he's got the long hair. They call him Thor. They just had Noah Syndergaard in Gnome Night. Um, he's tall. Can we go from Thor to Garden Gnome. Syndergaarden. Yeah. Gnome garden. Yeah, he can't be Thor. He, he, the, the garden gnome is holding an axe. Uh, you mean a hammer? Yes. <laughs> Thor, Thor yeah, has a, a hammer. hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Thor, Thor yeah. carries a hammer. <laughs> uh, yeah, so someone else joined us. Hi, how are you? What's uh, up? So uh, Noah Syndergaard, this kid, if you, you see the picture of him here, yeah, he's pitching the ball in his driveway with his dad, and uh, they're calling him Mini Thor. Was the kid got a beard? No. <laughs> Look at his hair. And he, and he mimics his, his wind-up and his follow-through perfectly, the kid. That's funny. He's wearing, we're watching now. He's got a Syndergaard t-shirt on. Kid's throwing heat. He's throwing heat. He really is, though. And uh, apparently Noah Syndergaard uh, took notice of the kid, and the Mets did, too. And uh, 
they are inviting him to come to a, a Mets game to meet his idol, Noah Syndergaard. And I think that's pretty cool. I think I think a lot of uh, teams should do more of that. Oh, and by the way, yesterday at Yankee Stadium, it was a bat day. Everybody loves bat day, including me. I was there last year. I got Because I, it's for kids 14 and under, but I got one. Mm. I definitely got one. It was a replica of Brett Gardner. <laughs> he just struck the guy out, and the dad's hugging him. So uh, there's that. Scroll up a little bit. Let me see him. Oh, no, no, no. That, that Thor. Oh, that's him. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, as, not as big as Thor, but he's got the hair. Yeah. But, um, so it was bat day uh, yesterday at Yankee Stadium, and it was A-Rod replica bat day. Okay. So, surprise, A-Rod was there handing out his bats to the people. Really? Yeah. That's cool. They picked gate two, which is um, not... Did, like, a lot of people show up? That day, the line goes around the whole stadium to get in. How many of those people do you think were talking trash about him within the last couple of years? And then they go up to get his back. Oh, definitely. I can't stand that. Definitely. I I was always an A-Rod fan through and through, but... I can't stand that. Yeah, I know. You know know what I mean? Yeah. But they picked the gate two, which is not the most um, busy gate. Yeah. You know, not the main gate. And they had A-Rod there handing out his own bats, which I thought was awesome. And like this, the Syndergaard thing, the A-Rod thing, I think... More of the team should be doing that. Definitely. Yeah. In their community outreach and, and things like that. And just being available and being there. Because when you're hoity-toity, not interacting with your fans, really, it makes it really hard to, to, to be liked. Yeah. You know? So that's just my opinion about that. But we can get into more about that if you want. But basically, those are my highlights. Um, the uh, red carpet thing with the United Way. Boomer Sison and Joe Pepitone. If anybody has any questions, by the way, for Boomer or for Joe Pepitone, please shoot me a tweet. Find me on Facebook, uh, Coach McCartan. I'll be more than happy to ask your question for you, for sure. For those for those two guys, uh, Yankees news, Mets news. Now we are on to UFC news because oh Twitter yeah. was a fire last night. Yes. And I did gather that Cyborg did win. Yes, she did. All right. Well, let's. And let's then I was I was trying to click on other things and I just I couldn't. Okay. So. Well, we'll start at the at the bottom of the card. A lot of big name fighters on this card. Uh, it took place in Brazil, and uh, I'm just going to run up so I don't forget anybody. Uh, I'll just do the big name fights. Um, Antonio uh, Rogério Nogueira, who's uh, his nickname's Little Nog because he's uh, Big Nog's uh, twin brother, but he fights at a lighter lighter weight class. Nog. He fought, he fought uh, Patrick Cummings, and Patrick Cummings is like a you know stud wrestler, but he. Uh, I think he lacks a little bit in the stand-up for setting up a lot of his wrestling skills, and uh, he ended up getting knocked out, uh, TKO, uh, when he was still standing against the cage. He just wasn't protecting himself, and I think the ref you know, stopped it. Uh, I think it was a good stoppage because he was just going to take more damage. Uh, what's that guy saying? Is he oh. asking about this? or What happened to Nate Diaz, Andy? What happened to Nate Diaz? Uh, nothing happened to Nate Diaz. He's just hanging around. Uh, I think he uh, got a taste of uh, the Conor McGregor money, and he wants to... Uh, have a second a second helping because uh, I, I think he wants to wait around for that fight or you know everybody wants to fight Connor because he brings in the in the money and they're trying to figure out a deal now when what, what card he's going on and all that stuff and who he's going to fight personally um, if you're looking at not taking into account the money uh, I don't think that's a good fight for Connor to fight Nate again I think he's just too big uh, not enough time to gain the weight properly not enough time to get used to that weight and um, I think it would be like a probably a repeat of the first fight. I, I just think it's just it's too much too soon for Connor. You know, he's used to white fighting at 145, being bigger and stronger, and changing your entire game like that. Um, 
is is a big deal, especially with the fact that you know how Nate fights. You know he's got a he's got a chin on him, and uh, he's known for his cardio. So it's uh, yeah, it's not a good fight for Connor. I don't think. Who would you pick, Nate's brother or just Nate in a fight? Nate's brother or Nate? Yeah. Uh, if they fought each other? Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Uh, I'd probably pick Nick because he's bigger and he's the older brother. You know, he's got mind control over Debo, mm. so so to speak. Uh, he's also been around the game. I'm sure he's taught Nate a lot. And even though Nate's on fire and Nick's kind of like on the back burner right now, um, you know, I, I think Nick would probably probably have the upper hand just considering that he's he's a bigger guy and they're they're pretty much you know relative carbon copies of one another. So. They, they'd cancel each other out in a lot of ways, I, I think. Uh, but that's, I, I would, I would pay to see that fight for sure. Uh, just, just because of the antics that would go on inside the cage. Is that like a real thing? Is could they poss- Could they do that? They, w- they could set it up, but I, you know, I don't, I don't know if they ever would. I don't think that those two would fight each other. You know, I don't know. They're, uh, they're very uh, loyal to, to, you know, their camps and everything like that. And I don't know if they would. I don't know if they would fight each other. I don't. I doubt it. Um, so yeah, he uh, little nog won over Pat Cummings, and then after that, and I didn't see the early prelims because I was at a wedding. Uh, congratulations to Mike and Cynthia uh, for getting married. Uh, but uh, Thiago Santos, what are they asking now? Is Jose Alto still fighting? Mm-hmm. He's still he he's still fighting. He's trying to get the the Connor rematch, I believe. Uh, you know, obviously, I think he feels a little embarrassed about you know since it was a long time coming from the. <clears throat> from the uh, the trash talk that him and Connor went through to get knocked out in 13 seconds, um, uh, for sure, I think he feels embarrassed. I, I I would like to see that fight again, uh, probably more than I would like to see Nate. If uh, you're just talking about like a good fight, just because I, we didn't get to see it, it was 13 seconds long, and I I think uh, that would be a really really good fight um, if it played out for a couple rounds. Andy, what was this UFC number? UFC 200, was it? No, no, no. I think it was 198. 198. Oh, yeah, yeah, 198. Um, let me see. Yeah, 198. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Nate Marquardt fought Tiago Santos, and uh, he got knocked out. I didn't see this fight, but, <coughs> you know, Nate, Nate's been around the game a long time, and he, he just doesn't look like the same fighter. He's just, he's a little bit slower. He doesn't move the same, and he's been, he's taken a lot of damage. We'll just read. Oh, I don't know if you can read oh, that. Oh, say that again. Whoever that was, just say that again. Yeah, I missed uh, it. I wasn't send that watching. message again. Uh, he he got knocked out, and I, I you know, you, you never want to tell a fighter when to hang it up, but I think uh, either Nate needs like a long layoff, but he's kind of older, so I, I I don't think uh, there's nothing else for him to do in the sport. I, I he's going to have to go on a tear to get a title shot, and you know, at this point, he's got to be looking at his long term health, and I I just don't think. Uh, I, I just don't think he should be fighting uh, for a while till he gets everything figured out. He needs to step away, in my opinion, just for his health because it's starting to get scary. Um, Damian Maya uh, choked out Matt Brown a third. That's another fight I didn't see, so I can't really talk about that. And now on to the, the main card that I did see. Uh, Mauricio Shogun Hua for Co- uh, Corey Anderson. Uh, it, that was just an overall good fight. It was very gritty. Um, Shogun definitely won the first two rounds. He knocked... Uh, Corey, at least in my opinion, you knocked Corey Anderson down at the end of both rounds. He almost finished him in the in the end of the first round. The second round wasn't as big of a knockdown, but he did catch him. So, um, you know that was uh, 
that was good to see Shogun get the win. And the judges actually had it like, I think uh, it was a split decision. It was uh, 29-28, two of them for Shogun and one of them for Corey, which I didn't understand. The last round, Corey was just trying to you know hang on and, and, and win the round with takedowns and putting him up against the cage. So uh, what do you say? Why did Brock Lesnar leave the uh, UFC? Um, in my opinion, he probably left for the money for the WWE. Uh, mm. He probably left to, for the money, and also too, you know, he had the diverticulitis uh, disease. Um, he fought only like six or eight months after that. So, um, uh, yeah, I think he had more money there, and he's he was used to doing that. And uh, he he he's one of those guys where. If they were to bring him up slower, and and he were to you know just totally immerse himself in in the fight game and get you know because he used to he used to like um, structure his camps only around him, like only train him. Which the usually the best camps they they have all like you know the best fighters at them, and he didn't do that. Like he brought in certain guys to do certain things, and it was pretty much like you know he did, like during uh, sparring one of his ex sparring partners, Pat uh, Pat. Um, oh my God. Pat Barry, he said. Um, Hi, Connor. He said that when they were um, when they were sparring, like he hit him, and like Brock freaked out, and they were like, "Yeah, you don't hit him hard. Like, don't hit him hard during sparring." And he's like, "Like, what are you what are you talking about?" So basically, like they just want him in there as a punching bag. So I, I think if they were to bring him up slower, because they threw him right to the wolves, and he did fantastic for the competition they put him against. I mean, he won the belt and defended it. So. Uh, I think he could definitely come back. He's a freak athlete, and uh, but it's up to him. If he doesn't want to do it, then you know he's not going to do good because you, you have to. Fighting is not something that you try. You know, you don't just try fighting. Um, and uh, by the way, the Yankees just took a three-two lead with a bases-loaded walk in the third inning. Oh boy! So, um, so yeah, uh, Shogun got the nod. He got the win. Um, and then here's the uh, the big one of the big ones that everybody was looking for is. Uh, Christine just <coughs> Christine Cyborg Santos. Uh, she fought Leslie Smith. <sighs> I kind of felt bad for Leslie because she got you know she got thrown into the wolves here. I mean Cyborg is, in my opinion, the most aggressive female fighter to ever live, uh, at least for MMA. Um, you know she walks outside her comfort zone a lot. She fought in uh, kickboxing against a I think I believe a Polish girl that. Nobody would fight for like three years because that's how good she was, and she took the fight, and she almost won. She knocked her down, I think twice, uh, but she ended up losing a decision. But you know, she came out, and you know, when you look at her, like everyone, you know, she'd been caught with steroids before and everything like that. What's Everybody that? wants to know when is Ronda Rousey's next big fight. Um, here's the thing with Ronda. Okay, Ronda Rousey, she when she lost to Holly. She didn't. She was saying that she was going to take a year off. She didn't want to fight and all this stuff. And then as soon as Misha beat her, she texted Dana White saying, oh, "I guess I better get back in the gym." Which to me, because she already fought Misha twice and she armbarred her both times, so it's like, well, you didn't want to fight Holly in a rematch right away, but you you want to fight Misha because she won the title and you and you've already beat her twice. You know, to me that didn't it didn't it really it didn't really sit right and. Uh, it's up to her. She's filming a movie right now, or will be in a couple months. So, I, you know, probably she's big time now. Yeah, if my if my guess, I, I would say that they they might try to stick her in at the first uh, Madison Square Garden show. Mm. Uh, they might put her in under uh, uh, three fights that I can see her going against: Holly Holm, Misha Tate, or Cyborg. Yeah, it's one of those three. Oh yeah. So, 
Because now that you know, Cyborg came in and she just blasted Leslie Smith. Was it a fast fight? Yeah, it was, she she blasted her. She felt her out a little bit, and then she just ran and blasted her. And she hits hard, like she hits really hard for a girl. Like usually, you don't see like a whole lot, like not as many knockout knockouts as like you do it. Like usually, it's like a ground and pound stoppage. But I mean, she rocked her with you know dropped her to the ground. I mean, you do see it, but it's just like I said, it's just not as 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 uh, you know. Also, too, because they're fighting at a lower weight class. Like even in the guys' divisions, you don't see. Yeah, could could she beat a lower weight class guy? Yeah, uh, <laughs> she she trains with guys. I mean, mm-hmm. she you know she's she's no joke. I used to play baseball with the boys until yeah. I had to twist to softball. Yeah, she she's no joke, and uh, she blasted her. In my opinion, the stoppage was just a little bit early because she was Leslie Smith was rolling with an arm for either Kimura or or uh, you know at least uh, threatening with it to for an escape, but. They stopped it. You know, Leslie Smith was a little bit upset with it, but uh, she got the win. So I think uh, their next move is to throw her right into the mix with either one of the champions or a title uh, eliminator fight um, against either Holly, Ronda, or Misha after Misha defends her, t- or, you know, fights for her title. Um, and then you had uh, Jacare Souza versus Vitor Belfort, uh, two guys that are, you know, they're just world class. Uh, Jacare is better on the ground than uh, Vitor. Um, you know, he's better on the ground than almost everybody. Um, and Vitor obviously is known for his his striking ability. But the one thing that Vitor had to do is uh, you know not get put on his back, and that's what happened. He got cut on the bridge of his nose early in the fight, which to me was why he got hit with a lot of the shots he did because it was kind of going in his eyes. What's that? Someone said, are you watching the Yankee game? No, but I'm following it on Twitter. Apparently, T.D. Gregorius almost hit a grand slam. Uh, they're winning, though, 3-2, I believe. And uh, apparently, D.D., he almost hit a grand slam deep to right field. And the next pitch he grounded out on with uh, the bases loaded. So, well. No, I'm not watching it. We don't have the Yes Network in the studio, but as soon as I go home, I will be. I, sh- I You know what? I actually had a big group tickets for today. I could have been there. Could have been there. But I'm here with you. So, so uh, he, uh, he ended up finishing uh, Belfort. Um, on the ground in the, at the end of the first round uh, with ground and pound. I mean, Belfort couldn't do anything. He had a, a, a full mount really, really high up on his chest, so he, he couldn't even buck out. And uh, he said, you know, the ref saved him from a lot of <laughs> unnecessary damage. What's that? <laughs> he said, that's respect. Mm. R-E-2-P-E-C-T. Respect. Respect. And then uh, the big title fight, uh, Stipe Miocic versus Fabricio Verdum. Uh, Verdum... You know, everyone I thought I think thought he was going to win because he's one of those guys that's been probably he's probably the best heavyweight on the ground to ever compete. I would say. I mean, that's a big statement considering you got you know Big Nog in there and Frank Mir and those guys. But uh, he's uh, definitely high level, very aggressive, and if you make one mistake, he's going to catch you. And also, too, his striking has looked phenomenal. I mean, he out he outstruck Cain uh, Velasquez, which not a lot of people do at all, and. Uh, but Stipe Miocic, I was actually, when I was watching it, I was with my uh, two of my buddies. Uh-oh. And, uh, hey, everybody listening on Periscope, go to Google right now and then type in WRPR. And there's a live stream link there because my battery is just about to die on my phone. All right, so go ahead. You guys so can go do that. I was watching it with uh, two of my buddies, and uh, they were, um, you know, obviously thinking that Fabricio was going to win. And. I was telling him, uh, you know, Stipe's a solid fighter, and one of the things that I thought he had going for him is that he doesn't really get caught up in, like, um, like the uh, the mental game of it, of being nervous before a fight and everything like that. Uh, and I don't know if you know, 
Danielle, that's a huge uh, part of it is, uh, you know, guys come in, you know, they, they're studs in the gym and then they get in the cage and they can't they can't perform because they're just, you know, they, 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 they mentally break. You know what? That's another thing because the Jets just had a tryout with, if you know the name, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. He's a giant. He got into the fight with the guy, the wide receiver, yeah. like last year, right? Yeah, yeah with the cornerback. Yeah. But he, his cousin, uh, I even forget his first name, but the cousin had a tryout with the Jets. And uh, apparently he, ne- he had never played football before, but he looked like he would be a good football player. They cut him already. So yeah. it's like the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he even at the weigh-ins, like, you know, uh, one thing with Brazilian fans, it's a little it, – it, I mean, it's good and it's bad because it, it, it adds, you know, excitement to the to the game. But they always chant if a Brazilian in Brazil – if a Brazilian's fighting somebody that's not Brazilian, they chant, you're going to die. In, por- in Portuguese, and uh, yeah, at the weigh-ins and at the fight, that's that's what they keep saying. And they say other things. They, the whole crowd chants stuff that I can't say here on the radio. Um, but you're talking stadiums that are like you know between forty-five thousand people all the way up to like sixty thousand yeah. people. So, um, Stipe d- like did not look, uh, you know, didn't look flustered by that at all. He came in there. He was super relaxed. Probably like you know one of the, the one of the most relaxed non-Brazilian fighters to fight in Brazil at that kind of a you know card like a a, a main event title fight. Yeah, and um, they were going out. You know, everyone. You know, both of them threw some heavy leg kicks. Uh, Fabricio went for a takedown, which was huge. That Stipe, you know, shook it off. And then uh, as they were going, I kept saying like, if he didn't get the takedown early, like it's it, it's a confidence builder for Stipe. And uh, he's just one of those guys that's super relaxed. And uh, I think um, Fabricio thought that he was a better striker, or if not, like his striking ability was on par with his. And he started chasing him against the cage. And uh, he was, uh, you know, he was exiting out properly. He threw, you know, Sipe was overextending. Um, he whiffed away one of the punches. Or uh, Fabricio was overextending, and he, you know, he, uh, Stipe whiffed away one of the punches and caught him coming in with a right hook. Uh, or right straight, right to the jaw, and knocked him out cold, bad. Um, it's one of the one of the more recent ones that it's that it was a little not scary, but it was it was a bad knockout because he was out for a while, and even when they brought him back, like he didn't know he didn't know where he was, he didn't pop right back up, but he was out cold. And Steve, that's kind of scary though. Mm-hmm. Did he get any medical medical attention? Yeah, of course. They always do. Like they always send him to the hospital. Usually, they always make him go for medical checks. Everything mm-hmm. before and after, and all the weeks leading up and after the fights. Mm-hmm. But um, the thing was, is that uh, the thing with the heavyweight division, there's never been. They mentioned this last night on the on the show as well. That there's never been a heavyweight um, champion that's defended his title more than twice. Because there's that much turnover. The reason is, uh, in my opinion, is that those guys are so big that even if you're fighting a guy that's not on your level, they they're so big that if they hit you, you're, you're gonna if they hit you right, you're going to sleep. Yeah, and yeah. the lower weight classes, like I was talking about before, it takes more um, more skill, more more technique, and you got to kind of hit guys with multiple shots because you don't have that weight behind to sit down on when you throw a punch. And the, these guys are just so big. That they can shut the lights out, and you know, a lot of guys that are in the heavyweights, uh, you know, with athletes uh, in the lower weight divisions, uh, a lot of their skill uh, requires a lot of speed, and speed as an athlete ages is the first thing to to go. Uh, power is usually the last thing to go, which is what the heavyweights rely on. I mean, they do rely on speed, but 
they always have that power to rely on. Yeah, and I always think like boxing too. Mm-hmm. Parallel to boxing. And if you watch, <laughs> haymakers. Uh, you don't really see lighter weight class guys fighting into their th- you know their mid thirties or late thirties. Uh, heavyweights though, I mean, they'll fight until their li- their mid and late thirties. Yeah. You know, you get guys that are you know you get exception. There's exceptions to the rule, but if you look at the average age of the heavyweight division, it's, it's way higher than every other division. Huh. It's a, it's I think the average age in the Heavyweight divisions, like in in the mid thirties, or or is that for like boxing too? You think? Uh, th- would would say that again? Like the same comparison would be made for boxing with as far as weight class guys going later. Oh yeah, for sure. Because it, especially in boxing, actually, because uh, you know in you in the UFC and MMA, uh, you have more than just your hands. You you know you can grapple, and if you if you're a strong grappler, you get a hold of a guy. You can you can take him down and finish him that way. And in boxing, though, like in the low, lighter weight classes, if you lose a fraction of speed, you know you're like a, like a you know a tenth of a second behind on your punches. You, you, it's going to look like you're getting murdered uh, in the fight. You know the difference in speed between like you know like a Pacquiao and then like a guy that's like just below him is so small. Like the speed is so small, but it looks like a huge difference. And it's just that. That's the first thing to go with fighters usually is the speed. Mm-hmm. And unless you have the power to back it up, you can't. You just right, can't fight. Right, right. And uh, also, too, not just with the punches. I mean, your speed of, of, of slipping punches, uh, getting in and out, yeah. you know, not Dodging. taking damage, uh, your defense goes down, too. So, you know, you see that with MMA guys, too, that rely on speed. Like Anderson Silva, he's just lost a little bit of speed, and now he's getting tagged with shots all the time. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, but the heavyweights, they just hit so hard that, again, there's never been a guy that uh, – that's that's defended his title more than twice. And last week, the the one that we missed, uh, Fabricio or um, Alistair Overeem knocked out Andre Arlovski, and he should be getting the next title shot. And Andre or uh, Alistair Overeem, if he wins a UFC title, uh, he would be probably the most decorated uh, MMA fighter because he's won a K1 Grand Prix, which is kickboxing. He's won the Strike Force title. He's won titles in Japan. He's won, and then he'll have the UFC belt. And he's done a, a thing which I think is really good for him. Because he used to weigh in at like 265. He's been caught with steroids before, but he's a big guy. Like, he's very athletic. He's tall, too. He doesn't carry any body fat on him. But one of his problems is is that he used to gas out. He used to get winded. And he also used to get very flustered and very... Um, didn't really have a good poker face when he got hit. Because his chin isn't the best. He's not known for having a good chin anymore. So when he would get hit, he would just shell up and turtle up. And, and, and guys would just end up knocking him out. And plus two when he's tired. So now that the you know the stringent drug testing and the weight cutting and all that stuff, he he weighs in now about like in the two forties instead of like the two sixties. So having that that you know not all that extra muscle requires you know he doesn't need as much <coughs> as much uh, much oxygen to to fuel him and everything like that. So he has more gas, which in turn I think. Let's him have a little bit of a better chin, but it also too he's not as worried about gassing out, so he can kind of lay it on guys. And I think he's a little bit quicker and he's more patient too. So he's on a roll, and uh, I hope he gets the next title shot. And um, I th- actually think he had a better shot against Verdum because they they fought twice. Um, but uh, and Stipe does have a chin, and he's not afraid to you know to eat one to, to give one. So uh, it's going to be interesting if he fights Stipe for the title. And uh, yeah, that's that's the MMA news for uh, this week. So, <laughs> I just got a, this follow on Twitter mm-hmm. by Bob DeBuono. His mm-hmm. name is, and it's <laughs> he's got like fifteen hundred followers, and it says he impersonates Donald Trump on Comedy Central's nightly show. Oh, that guy right there in the hat. Yeah, this guy. 
I just tweeted him. Call in. We'd love to hear your best Donald Trump on sports impression. You're fired. <laughs> so, well, I guess we'll give him like a couple minutes. But, um. Yeah, and then next Sunday, or wait, wait, not next Sunday, the Sunday after that, there's a UFC fight night. Um, but there's not a lot of big names on that fight, and I don't think anybody would know. Um, and then the one after that is 199, Rockhold versus Weidman, which is going to be a huge fight. Uh, you know, you got two title fights on that one. So, uh, but we could talk about that next week since it's a little bit closer. And yeah. uh, the return to BJ Penn is also on there. I don't know if you know who BJ Penn is. He's uh, no. they call him the prodigy. He's one of those guys, um, old school guys. Came in real young, you know. One of those guys that would fight anybody anywhere. He's fought at 145 all the way up to heavyweight, and he's a, he's not a big guy. He's only like five eight, five nine. He fought, actually fought Leota Machida at heavyweight. He just like ate donuts and stuff to just gain enough weight to go to go and fight him. And in my opinion, he actually won that fight. But um, yeah, he he's just a he's a maniac. But he's actually training at Jackson Winkle John, uh, which is. You know, arguably, most people think it's the best camp for MMA. So uh, I think they're going to whip him in the shape because his problem has always been he doesn't. If he's not training properly, he he's not really one of those guys. He needs like a good camp around him to to push him and motivate him. And that was his. I think that was his problem when he started losing. That he just didn't have the uh, the camp around him to push him and motivate him. I think he gets a little laid back uh, in camp because he he's so good, like naturally talented, that he relies on a lot of that, like just natural ability. And especially how much the sports progressed, like you can't you can't do that anymore. So, so not calling it. No, I guess not. I guess we give the people a look at uh, the Yankees live score. I guess we'll check in. Just trying to buy this guy more time. But the White Sox are winning four to three now in the middle of the fourth inning. Yeah. Yankees are fifteen and twenty. What time That's is awful. it? Two thirty-six. All okay. right, so we'll set some up for this guy for next week. Yeah, we do. For sure. That might be cool. If he ends up doing it with us, that'd be so cool. Get Donald Trump on here talking sports. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> the Yankees. They're terrible. The Yankees. I'm going to build a wall around Yankee Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we're going to make the Red Sox fans build it. I got it. <coughs> Gonna go and set up the new studio for the podcast. That's cool. Yeah. That's Andy was telling me how he was a little frustrated before he couldn't get it done, so yeah. and he had to leave. So yeah. <laughs> I gotta go home and figure that out right now. Go in the studio, do some work. Good. Oh, and just a quick update on the English soccer match. Uh, about twenty four minutes ago, uh, I forget who was reporting it. Newsday magazine is reporting that the device that they found inside the stadium, the seventy five thousand person stadium, was a very lifelike looking explosive device but it was not an explosive device so somebody just lost their laundry i guess someone just yeah but anyway all right so um for the good of the order we have uh nothing else i guess right so uh thanks for tuning in everybody everybody on uh um what's that called <laughs> periscope periscope everybody on periscope that's cool hope they uh they they followed us online to the str- live stream online and if not Tweet it to him. I'll tweet it out later. Uh, I'll work on it as soon as I get home, downloading it and cutting it and editing it a little All right, bit. Cool. So, uh, Andy, where can they find you? They can find me on YouTube at the Brodown Podcast, uh, on Twitter at the Brodown Podcast, and uh, 
on Facebook at the Rodown Podcast, and we're going to be having this live studio up. Uh, hopefully by today, we're going to shoot a show. Uh, a co-host Zach is uh, coming over. We're going to try to figure it out, work out the kinks, and then uh, we're going to be streaming live off Twitch. And then uh, afterwards, we'll post a video onto our YouTube channel. So cool. uh, the Rodown Podcast. Yeah, so come check it out. Cool. And then again, guys, I'm on SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter co- at coach mccarton also on facebook my author page has everything too facebook author page i think it's under danielle mccarton if not it's under coach mccarton i'm not sure check it out check it out and uh see you guys next week all right guys see ya follow me on twitter at coach mccarton that's at coach m-c-c-a-r-t-a-n to find my work on youtube and soundcloud search with no spaces coach mccarton Subscribe yourself so you don't have trouble finding it in the future. That's it for today, everybody. Listen live next Sunday, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m.